The presenting sponsor of On Education is Participate. Lately, teachers from all over have been working together to find new approaches to provide quality remote education. Participate's sister company, Participate Learning, presents United We Teach, a global gathering place for educators to share distance learning resources as we navigate these strange times. For these resources and more, visit participate.com slash oneducation. So it's like, I mean, I got no time for that other no, than no. the time we just spent talking about it. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to On Education, part of the On Podcast Media Network. My name is Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will discuss whether teaching synchronously to in-class learners and virtual learners is hybrid teaching, why it's important to slow down content and extend deadlines, whether we should have our students turn on their cameras, and much more. (laughs) So we've been off for like ever. I know. It feels like every day in 2020, and we've talked about this before. It's like dog years. Feels like, yeah, weeks. (laughs) <laughs> so so being gone for two weeks and literally all of this stuff just happened in the past two weeks and it's crazy i mean we said that this was going to be the case but i didn't think you know the president would get covid that he would miraculously get cured that he would be pushing some kind of miracle things that were gonna <laughs> be happening. I mean, some people predicted that this was going to be the case that most of his cat or uh, most of the uh, people in in his is it called? It's, no, it's not his cabinet. What's his administration? Group. Yeah, basically it's the administration toxic. just got has got ill, you know. Yeah, um, and that they had super spreader events and finally caught up with them. I mean, it's and then we had a presidential debate that I don't even know if you could even call it a debate. And then we had a vice presidential debate just the other night or last night. Already all of that and much, much more. <laughs> and the <laughs> we, were, we was, were talking. Yes. We were talking <laughs> off air about how John Oliver goes on vacation for a month and, you know, the whole world falls apart while he's off. Yes. Uh, and we can't hear his thoughts on it. And I feel like, you know, um, let's never take almost three <laughs> weeks off it ever again. Yes. Because um, it was a bad idea. But... I mean, we were off for, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, how did it go? Tell us, tell us about it. Yeah. For people listening. Yeah. um, Especially folks with parents that are parents. Mm -hmm. And and if you have families and and you kind of went through this in the spring a little bit, I think Mm -hmm. a COVID scare is scary as hell, man. Like your life flashes before your eyes every night before you go to bed. And like, I remember I'm the dude that is on record on the podcast saying that I think that if I get this, this is what's going to get me. Like, I absolutely think that. Mm. So, so even that much more of a hundred percent, like it was, it was, and thankfully we all came through it like as, as negative. And I, I mean, I was sick as hell, but, um, you know, we all came out negative, but Man, it's scary. Um, we we mm. we got it um, through uh, contact. It, it was a it was a in school transmission. Um, one of Cheryl's students tested positive. Uh, well, we didn't get it. Sorry. So we 
um, our scare came be because close, because close one of Cheryl's right? students tested positive. That's right. Yep. So Cheryl had to quarantine for two yep. weeks. She just got out of basically a full house. Like she was in basically her our bedroom wow. for 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 ten days. That's um and she crazy. was she left only once in a while and if she left she had to wear a mask in our house mm-hmm. um and and stay away from us and ate dinner up in the bedroom and you know everything like for for 10 days it was and it's like it's terrible i won't lie man like it's especially for me like i get in my head really quick with stuff like this and oh yeah i was like okay i gotta clean the house because if i get sick and have to go to the hospital i i'd like the house to be clean mm like serious, like wow. that's that's what was going in my head, were, and you, I would go to bed at night. Yep. I'd go to bed at night, just absolutely terrified, thinking that I've got this it. I'm going to die. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Um, well, not only and, that, but I was just thinking, Mike. I mean, you having had that scare, and mm. obviously Cheryl had been at least exposed. You know, yeah. but obviously not not testing positive, but still exposed uh, to it. It even makes it even that much more disgusting for the president to come out and say, don't be scared of this. For all of the people, number one, that have already passed away, for all of the people that have gotten infected and are still continuing to suffer, because many people do for months and months on end, they 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 continue to have symptoms. And, and yeah. it's, debil- it's debilitating for some people. Um, but for him to say... Don't be scared of this. This is, you know, it's like, you got this, whatever it might be. It's just, it's a disgusting message. It's just irresponsible. I mean, for sure. But also just like, it's nuts. To, especially where we're at right now, as far as the United States. We're not even past. Not even like close. A, like a halfway point or a, like we're, and, like if it, things were declining and we were like, then you could definitely see the numbers, you know, declining and overall in the country we were starting to to do a good job, you know, basically uh, uh, quelching this thing. Um, yeah, it, that would be great, but it's not the case. It's not the case at all. You know, it just it, within the last few weeks, the cases just in our state, we're pretty rural states, mm-hmm. are continuing to climb. Mm-hmm. So that's in Minnesota. Big states, you know, your Texases, your Floridas, um, it, it's... It, we're still not even halfway home, you know, as no. far as this goes. And, and to say that it, we are, it's just completely irresponsible. And just not, there's zero empathy for people. You don't even, like, you can't even put yourself, like, in your shoes where you're going to bed and you're like, that, yeah, I, I may not wake up, so what do I need to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're faced with that, like, what do I need to do to prepare until at least... You know, like you said, I'm going to clean my house. I mean, I'm laughing about it, but it's because either you laugh or you start uh, or you're crying, you know, as far as it was that's scary. My, yes. Um, and and, and yeah, I'll tell you, if you're if you're a teacher and, and you're listening and you're teaching in person, mm-hmm. I, my biggest takeaway or at least my sense of this is that you're not safe anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just just assume that you're in danger constantly yeah i think um actually speaking of john oliver i think he's the one who said it um just a couple weeks ago or a week ago he said he said um you know in response to someone saying we shouldn't live in fear he said no 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 no. you should live in fear 
Like, like this is this is fear is in some cases healthy, mm-hmm. and you should be afraid. And I've actually said we literally named the title of a podcast a couple. Actually, I think the last one. Yes, people are just not afraid enough. No, and you should just, in my mind, you should just assume that that you can get it anywhere mm-hmm. at any time, and in some cases, no matter what you do, you know. So, like. Just do ever please. I beg everyone who's listening, do everything you can to stay safe. You know, stay home if you don't need to go home or go out. Yeah. Um, you know, order things instead of going out in person. Like do all of those things that you were doing in the spring. Um that, you know, hopefully you were doing in the spring anyways, because I mean it's it's back and it never really totally went away. Left. Um, you know, and and I just I think that you're not no one is safe right now, and you just need to do everything you can to protect yourself, protect your kids and your family first, and then think about how you can also try to keep your students safe and your 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 staff members safe. Yes, because frankly, it's just it it it, it you should be like, in my mind, you should be administering and teaching. And parenting with just, you know, have a little more fear, to be honest, um, of of what could happen. Because we've just, you know, over, like, there's millions of people, not millions, but I don't know, uh, over a million people have died from this. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's scary. It's yeah. really scary. And, um you know, it took everything out of me, like between being actually sick and having a pretty bad cold. Yes. Um, but, but then, then mentally, constantly, too, like constantly being that. in fear. Mm. Um, it it sucked the life out of me for a week easily. Yeah. Uh, and then last week I had to like work at probably I worked at probably like thirty or forty percent last week mm. um, because I just I just didn't have it. Like I was just completely. Sp- and Cheryl was still like mostly in quarantine, like in a quarantine, like yes. she, she finally was able to like not wear a mask around our house just on Tuesday. Recently. Yeah. So, you know, we're, 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 and we're, I'm still coughing every once in a while. So I'm, I'm aggressive on the mute button. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I feel probably about 80% now. So I'm, you know, you're making, a I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you know, we all came through it and I'm glad, you know, you guys had your scare there a little while ago in the spring. I'm glad, you know, I, I just think constantly of my friends and, and family members and people and just praying that everyone just stays. And I'm not like, a. anyways, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> I just stay safe. People, yes. please stay safe. hundred yes. um, percent agreed on that. And, and it, it leads into like, I can't imagine, you know, in light of all of that that I just said about working at a school and being a teacher and constantly having to worry about your students and literally where they're standing uh, relative to each other and where you are relative to them and then where you're, um, what what's happening all around the school if you're an administrator and then, you know, heaven forbid, but you're doing this, you know, I know we're going to get into it a little bit, you know, here in a second, um, you know, teaching in person and, you know, to a TV at the same time. Uh, I mean, oh, it is, it is what? <laughs> it is uh, October the 8th uh-huh. and people, I have no doubt, are like 
it's it's it, it, we're just getting started the, in yeah. the school year. There's 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 eight six months left to go. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but you know teachers are already uh, exhausted, and yes. and uh, I'm not sure it's sustainable at all. No, no, it, it I don't be, I don't believe at the way that we are doing it currently, uh, which is kind of this this mix of 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 these two things that should never be mixed together which is trying to teach students that are in front of you yeah in an effective way in a safe way too because we have you know we have a masking policy we have a um obviously keeping uh safe distance away from each other policies you know as far as within the school district um so you're you have these kids who are physically in front of you but then you have this virtual thing going on too and you these kids are checking in virtually and by checking in i mean for the most part a lot of schools are synchronously teaching for the entire hour to both audiences and there though there's a there's a lot of people who are chiming in like uh aj giuliani has a great resource um with with great ideas about how do you do this Mm. in an effective way right because he's an expert in blended learning and and yeah, yeah. all of I these different AJ. techniques and um of course um jennifer gonzalez has been sharing all kinds of resources um online but even so they all state in their in their blog posts in their resources um there's no research that shows any of this stuff actually does work or doesn't work, but we know that some teachers have found success with these things. So we're going to share all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, so it's a completely experimental kind of thing. Throwing, you, know, this, you know that yeah. analogy throwing spaghetti against the wall? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what we're it. that's what we're doing right now, friend. We're throwing we're throwing spaghetti against the wall and just and and everyone's wall is different. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing too. Is everyone everyone's situations are different. The kids' situations are different at their own homes. Yeah. Um, so trying to do that is just draining people like no other year. And you like you just described, Mike. We have been in school just you know we started after Labor Day. Some people have started since you know early August, um, but it's still really the beginning of the school year. And it feels like those doldrums of February at the moment. Those those doldrums of February at the end of February, I always feel like, my goodness, I need to like recharge and refresh and get myself going again so that I can you know push through the spring, because uh, because mm. it, it seems like it, it's a tough it's a that's a tough month. It's our it's the beginning of October and it feels like February already because of how much people mm-hmm. are having to put in, and so. You know, there's this thing, there's this article here where is what we're doing really hybrid, you know, is it hybrid learning? Is it blended learning? What the heck is, you know, what is this that we're actually doing? And like you just said, it's an experiment. (laughs) And and lots of times I I try to think and I've talked to other people about this. I just asked the question, why are we doing this like this, this specific way? And a lot of the reasons why we are doing it are the wrong reasons, I think. They have to do with, uh, you know, the famous word accountability. You know, accountability for our students, like they're supposed to be held accountable to a certain number of hours, you know, in front of a screen because somehow that's going to be an effective thing. And especially, and this is the one that really irks me, 
accountability for the educators because they don't people don't trust again that we are professionals you know that you know we wore those shirts like two isties ago was that three isties ago mm-hmm. when we had alice keeler and uh I can't remember the other guy's name. He was amazing Andy. too. Andy. Yeah. And they were part of Pledge Sense and they had these shirts and I was like, I was super drawn to the shirt, just the concept of it. Because it just said simply, we are professionals, like as a statement, you know, teachers are professionals. And I remember wearing that one time, Mike, at the airport and a guy pointed to my shirt and he goes, yeah, that's obvious. And I'm like, yeah, it should be obvious. But it's not. And and this is another way that people, by people, I mean the public, uh, the government leaders and departments of education throughout the country still don't exactly trust us or something. You know, there's something still not there where uh, a professional would be like, we know you're going to do this and you're going to do an effective job and you're putting everything into it. But no... We want to hold you to a certain number of specific hours. So hold you right. on to those Zoom calls and do that. Because there are other approaches that are better, that I believe are better, that that are sustainable. Uh, ways that, uh, for example, the way that universities do a lot of teaching, where you meet two to three days a week, you know, in those in kind of a face-to-face format. And these other days, you're doing the application of that learning or reading during those other days. Um so I don't think it's sustainable just by where I'm at right now as far as looking at my fellow colleagues and looking at the teachers you know, in my school and in my district. And my God, they are drained. Yeah. And and I can I, I, I've heard it, you know, obviously on, on Twitter and with our friends. Everybody is like exhausted to kind of a new degree. Um and it's the beginning of October. It's um it's a real tough spot because, mm. you know, we, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's so, it's so brutal. It's, it's, it, it's like it, administrators sometimes forget that they were teachers, obviously, um, and, and have to like issue some sort of like compliance ultimatum mm. um, for, for educators that, you know, they have to, you know, eight hours of instructional time a day or whatever, which is insane. Um, and the disparity between the the districts that are doing it right and the ones that are doing it wrong is so unbelievable. Um, you you actually highlighted the other day uh, for me, um, you know, a couple examples mm-hmm. on Twitter, and we're gonna we're gonna link these in the show notes because they're worth seeing. If you just you know. You know, I'm not sure we're necessarily always known as the, you know, we're not the happy go lucky podcast. If you're if you're looking for the happy go lucky EDU podcast, there are others out there and you should go and you should go and download those. Um but, you know, you know, this this was nice yes. to see. It's it's nice to see that some administrators and teachers get it. Yes. Right? Yes. So so share share the we're going to put these in the show notes, but share this this couple of these yeah so the one that's that's i mean they're both all of these are just they really struck a chord with me because i'm just like oh this is this is special this is how it should be um professor heidi allen 
mm-hmm. um, had a tweet here that said, I just heard my 11-year-old tell his math teacher. <laughs> this is a great quote to tell your math teacher at 11 years old. Uh, I'm having a day when I just can't seem to do math. She's telling this to her math teacher. And this is mm-hmm. uh, on a Zoom call, obviously. And in her response, the math teacher's response back to the student then put your math book away and go outside and play. And then she writes, it's a lesson for us all. And and that's the dang truth. Um, so many so of us, nice. so we're just trying, we're trying to do things like we've always done. We're trying to hold like, a, and like you just finished describing, Mike, I don't even think it's just the administrator. I think the administrators are pressured by the public, by the school boards, by the by the government agencies to then put the pressure onto us. You know, it's kind of like a trickle down thing. They need to be held accountable. You need to go ahead and hold them there. They need to teach a certain number of minutes or whatever it might be. Uh, this is just so awesome. That's it. It's so obvious, but it happens so rarely, rarely, I believe mm-hmm. that someone would have be like, let's be able to listen to their student, hear what's going on and go, yeah, you're you're not in the frame of mind of being able to do this, and I don't blame you. Yeah, Go it's outside. an unbelievable amount of empathy. Yeah, um, not an unbelievable. It's just it's so refreshing to yes. know that people have this level of empathy um, in light of everything that's going on and the pressure. So a- that, it, that one was super nice. Yes, and then there's another one about just school administrations, and basically it says, "I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge my school's administration." for constantly reminding us to check in on our kids and pivot to their needs. This is this is the key to this tweet right here. Slow down content, relax deadlines, and be understanding. Is what you were just saying, Mike. Have empathy. I know this isn't the way that all schools are run. He's talking about his own school. And so he says RRHS, the school that he's teaching at, is special. And gosh... I read, you know, I read a lot of stuff on, on uh, Twitter and social media in general, and and unfortunately, a lot these days is just it's negative, and and a lot of the things are just things that I don't blame people for posting. They're just tired. I mean, they're fatigued and and frustrated, and everything you know that could go wrong is is kind of going wrong for some for for many of us, for many of our colleagues, uh, many of our teachers. But it's super nice to see some of these where I'm like, hell yeah, this is this is where we're at. We can share this message with our fellow uh, teachers and with our fellow administrators and say, this isn't just possible here at RRHS. This is something that we can all go to, adhere to. Um, so both of these tweets, I just I, I I'm always for being able to kind of say, okay, even in the times when it feels really tough we can always find those awesome messages um and and we're gonna definitely share them with you guys too so there's all these positive messages all these great you know tweets um but obviously you know uh we also wouldn't be us if we didn't highlight you know (laughs) some nonsense as well Yes, and and I'll tell you, uh, this one here is 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 classic nonsense, um, and a shockingly bad take. Yeah, it just it's just so terrible. Um, but I think that this is a one of those topics, Mike. You know, kind of like kind of like in politics, 
a lot of issues are 50-50 issues, you know? And I think with teachers, and I, I'd actually like to, to hear more from our audience as far as where, where they stand at, I think this might be a 50-50 issue. Um, because on uh, I see most of the stuff on Twitter, at least the people that I follow and that I look at, um, are all against this message. Let me read you the message. It's from Doug Limov. I don't know how you say his last name, Limov. He is the author of Teach Like a Champion, which it, in itself is a controversial text um, for many reasons. <laughs> but here's what he wrote. Uh, you cannot connect with students or understand their learning if you can't see them. And nobody can be expected to share ideas that are important to them to a group of hidden faceless peers. If you want students to talk, you'll need their camera. They'll need, you'll need to have their cameras on. Basically, that's what he's saying. Um <laughs> One of the best retorts that came on this is uh, every a, a, sentence of that tweet is wrong. It, there's so much. There's so much there. Go ahead. Every break, sen- break, break that down because I every I, I, sentence I hear of you. that tweet is wrong. Okay, so it starts. Right? Off there's with, three. There's yeah. three sentences. You cannot yeah. connect with students or understand their learning if you can't see them. Yeah. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody can be expected to share ideas that are important to them. To a group of hidden, faceless peers. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> and if you want students to talk, you need cameras on. Wrong. There, it could not be possible to be more wrong than how wrong our friend Doug is. <laughs> Teach like a champion, my ass. Like, I mean, this is the worst. And it's it's just dripping yeah. in privilege. Big time. And, and like, you know, all of my students have laptops and cameras and, you know, so sorry if you don't, but mine are getting taught better than yours because I clearly teach like a champion and, and you and their can't home situations are, are places where they can want, they would want to turn on their camera. Do you know what I mean? Like, just to even think that that's the situation in everybody's home. That, right. that their circumstances that they live in, they want to be sharing that with, with you know, the public or with their classmates. There's I don't think so. There's people that just don't want you to see in their house. Mind no. your own damn business. No, they don't want to. And it, it is a, honestly, though, we we know that too, because we oh, are in a lot man. of, we're on a lot of Zoom stuff and we're on a lot of live chats. Even right now, we uh, we record in, in uh, Squadcast here and it's our cameras are on. And there are times when, especially when I'm on with, people that are not like my friends and you probably you do this a lot mike too where it's a little bit weird you know what i mean to have this the visual component of it too whereas the audio component you could still do it for example and and one of the best retorts to all of this is all of those sentences can be proven wrong in in many many communities that exist right now in gaming and and that's a great uh, John Gerards uh, here uh, from Minnesota is another instructional coach and he teaches in St. Cloud or he's an instructional coach in St. Cloud. He goes, gamers would beg to differ. That's all he wrote. And he is so right. And for so many years, right, Mike, we've we've been able to play games with and build these amazing communities. And and you were even, you know, when when you were exp- uh, just being inspired by World of Warcraft and and your and your groups that you were playing with and and forming these bonds and relationships i, I don't think you ever saw those people did you i mean I that's do, what i'm saying I had, two, I had two guys i played wow with come to my wedding 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's hadn't, like a form of true bond. Hadn't, hadn't seen them in my life. No, that's what I'm saying. That's didn't a know great, what didn't didn't know I didn't what know they looked like. I didn't know that. That's so two, awesome. Two, two guys that I played WoW with drove from one from upstate New York and one from New York City. Wow. Uh, drove the one picked up the other and then just kept <laughs> driving and drove to Barry and, and they and didn't came, know each other came, either. And they hadn't met each other either and See? came to came to my wedding and wow. were part of like my like couple days cuz they were guests yeah. like they didn't know anyone else so they no. they went to like the the quote unquote bachelor party we didn't really have like a bachelor party we went golfing sure. um but they did that we went out for dinner um stayed at a hotel the night before like they did all of that stuff with me um with my and, best man and, and, it and was, i'm sure like, it was great it that's was what fantastic I'm saying, because, because you already fantastic. have formed an amazing bond without yeah. even ever really seeing each other yep and because you don't need that that's what that's what this guy is is right. where he's so so wrong it, do, do you need a compelling reason to be there? You know what I mean? So you need a, a compelling reason for your students to want to be there and participate? Yes. The cameras turning on doesn't necessarily going to equal great participation. I know many teachers who have those types of policies and their kids are mute because there's no... They, I, I'm not, I haven't bought in, you know, to, to a community where I feel safe. Imagine, that's what I was saying. Like you're in the little boxes inside of Zoom and you're in a big group of whatever, you know, of things. Some kids, you know, some kids you may not know. You may not know anybody in the class, even your teacher. It's very awkward to participate in that type of thing. So and that's why it's difficult on the teaching end too, as far as to try to build that community where students do feel safe and some people have done some great things like there were some ideas like uh opening up the private dm so a student could just dm the teacher questions that then the teacher could bring up in the class without embarrassing that student you know what i mean like those kinds of things just great yeah. ways of being able to um just basically not put the kids out front and center so that's what this guy is trying to do is say you turn your cameras on and suddenly there's an amazing community there that was going to be, you know, whatever it might be. It's like, no, it takes much more than that. And and that part of it, you don't actually need. It is difficult, though. That's why I was telling you, like, I think if we brought up this topic, though, Mike, don't you think? I mean, I don't know if you've heard this, this the other side. I think it's a 50-50 split of people who do really want. And I can see why you want your kids' cameras on. I think. It's one of those things as a teacher, we look into each other, into kids' eyes and their facial expressions and their, and, and they're just like their sense of being, you know, and then we can get like, are they understanding? Are they, do they not get what I'm talking about? You know, mm -hmm. those kinds of, those, those kind of cues. Um, and if you don't have those, it's very difficult, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just that it's difficult and it's different for sure but this guy i'm I, yeah i saw that and i was like okay and he also wrote a giant blog post about this about how all of the people's response and rage was missing the mark let's just oh, say oh oh he dug in did he did yes. he dig in very good yes, good job yeah. doug he, way to way to way to way to not he didn't give any way to not give any yeah. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the world we live in where no one backs down from their initial viewpoint. Oh Jeez. my god. I know. Listen, um I mean if you are a passionate educator and that is coming through in your teaching, your kids are going to be passionate learners. 
great point. We know, we, I think we know this. If you are a bad teacher and you are angry and frustrated, which, I mean, in, in I, I could understand why you might be, but if that's coming through in your teaching and you're teaching poorly, your kids are going to be poor learners. They're not going to be engaged. No. And um, no camera is going to change those two realities. Camera on, camera off, those mm. two realities. Like, like if, if you're a bad teacher with cameras on, you're still a, it's still bad education. <laughs> it's still bad teaching. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a great teacher with cameras off, you can do a, a, amazing things. And, um, you know, what makes me the most angry about this tweet is how dripping with privilege it yes. is. And I, I'm the dude that taught at a private school. Mm-hmm. And and I haven't caught up with my friends um, that are still there. There's not many left of like the OGs, we call them, the, the people <laughs> that were there when I was there. Most of them have also moved on. Yeah. Um, but I imagine that their opinions and in particular like the the leadership of that school's opinion yeah is very similar to doug's i mm. i have little doubt it's yeah. you know it's why i'm not there for sure um and it it it, it has to i i'm sure it goes hand in hand with stuff like that with the just the the ridiculous level of um kind of latent racism and privilege that folks have that you know have access to one-to-one devices amazing internet really nice houses Mm. and parents that clearly have their you know what together in the midst of a pandemic um to the point where it's like yeah i don't mind turning my camera on because then you can see how i got all you know how our lives are all put together and how great my living room looks behind my screen and and you know that i have a 1080p webcam Mm -hmm. um you know, and a and a really nice microphone, um, <laughs> but yes. there are just there are people that it that there's very few people that are in that situation. They're almost all minorities, and you know. So when you read this, it, it's it's not surprising that a lot of people's responses are. You have just an insane amount of white privilege and and you know wealth privilege dripping from this tweet, Big time. Um, and you should just kind of you know maybe it's time to put nonsense like this in a drawer. Um, I mean, come back in a couple of years with your takes, yeah. um, but this isn't the time um, or place to be like no demonstrating how awesome you know your school is with making sure kids cameras are on all the time mm. and and stuff like that and that's that's what i feel that's what i feel this does the most and yes. that 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 doug would dig in after being called on it you know is is even <laughs> less even is, is even less surprising and yeah. more emblematic that you know that there was no empathy demonstrated for mm. you know the other side of this you know, tells me that it really is about privilege. Mm. So it's like, I mean, I got no time for that other no, than no. the time we just spent talking about it. <laughs> exactly. Be, and, and that's I, all. <laughs> I, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure I brought up something else, Mike, that, on a different topic because I, I thought it was a really good... Because I was thinking the other day um, how much I miss... 
and I know I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but how much I miss all of you know our listeners that we get to connect with at conferences, how much I miss just the the camaraderie that happened at these conferences and being able to um, you, you know just attend them and then being able to be a participant obviously in them too. And there was a great tweet that basically asked the question like, who is the greatest or the best? keynote speaker that you you ever have listened to you know um and i thought i was like oh yeah that's such a good thing he's like it, it was like the fun question for the day best keynote speaker you've heard either virtually or in person we might share the same one yeah i already posted mine on on twitter i didn't see it okay so good good i'm glad you didn't see it so i, I actually want to i want to hear you because i've i've listened to a lot of keynotes Yes, and especially them, the last, especially the last few years. Yes, and we're hearing we, all the keynotes. And you I've and heard I, some of them multiple times. Exactly, <laughs> you and I have sat in audiences together and yeah. listened to some keynotes and shared those moments, obviously together yeah. too. Lots. Um, yeah, and, and so it, it'll be interesting to hear what who you think is you know the best, you know, the one that you that was like, oh god, yeah, that was that was something, yeah. It's it's I'm consistent since I heard it. Okay. Schoology Next 2017. Okay. Jen, Jenny Magara blew the doors off the place. Yep. Just <laughs> blew the doors off the place. And an audience we It was didn't, unbelievable. We didn't we didn't set this up together. I I nope. promise you. But here's here's my tweet. I wrote by far at Miss Magara, Jenny Magara. And I said, I've had the privilege of hearing her keynote on two different occasions and both times I laughed, I cried, and I left feeling like what we are doing as teachers really does matter. And that's really, the, I mean, the essence of an amazing keynote. Me and you have talked about like, you know, how, what makes an effective keynote? Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had the opportunity to be able to deliver those. And what we go back to, I mean, even in our conversations, like, my God, that feeling that you get, it, you, that I got in two different times from her. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, God, you're so amazing. And, and just as a human, obviously, you know, it, but the being able to share this story, it just brings you into the storytelling itself, too, and it connects it to what we do as educators and, and kind of the power that we that we have, you know, as as humans and as educators, man. The only other person, then this is I'm putting Jenny kind of on, on the high pedestal here. I know, but it's okay. <laughs> I think she deserves it. Only other person is one time, um, uh, I was in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and Nicole and I drove there because there was this guy going to go and speak there, and he was going to run for president, and that was Barack Obama. And we listened to him speak to this crowd of, uh, of of us. And it wasn't even that many people at that point in time. And we left and we were just like, we couldn't even speak. We were like looking at each other going like, what the? <laughs> like, not only does is he going to get my vote, but this is like he basically brought out this thing where you actually believed in humanity. You know, it was like this thing where it's like, oh, you know what? We can do think great things together. And in this case, she's bringing in like, lifting us up as educators and going we can do great things and 
let me let me talk to you about them and and really you leave it super empowered after those speeches and that's really what a, a keynote should be is like telling a great story and then you leave and you feel like everything that i do does matter and i and i even feel like ref, like uh, my cup is filled and i'm ready to go ahead and be like oh yeah hell yeah i'm ready to go back into that classroom and whatever the circumstances may be i'm ready to kick some butt so it was funny that you just said that. I didn't know what you were going to say. I was like, oh, God, I hope he says the same thing. But if you didn't, it was going to be cool, too. I was going to be all right with that. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. I, we didn't set that up at all. No, at uh, all. I Seriously. didn't know you. Well, I just, you, I just tweeted it. Now it's go. not even in the show notes. No, no. We just brought it up because I was like, oh, this is a nice a nice way to you know wrap up the, the, the episode. Because we don't have a we don't have a guest this week, but that's we okay. Don't have a, we don't have a guest, friends. Listen, we're having <laughs> scheduling problems nonstop. We were actually scheduled to have two guests, yes, uh, and and both of them had to back out for various reasons. Exactly, and that's what happens in this world. So um, we are just done for the week. Uh, thank you for listening, yes. and we're out. See you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the On Podcast Media Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Monica Burns, Mike Matera, Tisha Richmond, and many more by visiting onpodcastmedia.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website, oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found on Twitter at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Participate, for supporting us. Check out Participate.com to learn more about them. Thanks, as always, for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.